and welcome to Desert Island Risks, a series of podcasts sharing results from our recently published Global Pension Risk Survey. I'm your host, Polly Cripps, and in these podcasts, I'll be casting my guests away to a desert island with a copy of the survey, while they'll have endless time to think about UK-defined benefit pension schemes and the many risks they face. My guests today are John Baines and Paul Dooley, and they're going to be talking to us about the long-term goals of pension schemes. Welcome, Paul and John. Hello. Hello. So both, can you first start by telling me about what you do as a day job when you're not on a desert island? Yeah, sure. So metaphorically, when I've uh, when I've swum to safety from the desert island, I'll be back on dry land in my day job. That involves anything relating to bulk annuities, so primarily structuring and execution of buy-in and buy-out transactions. And I spend a lot of my time on funding strategy. So that includes things like long-term funding targets and end games. Um, And in particular, I lead our financing strategies team, which specializes in bringing the full toolkit of funding solutions to schemes. So things like alternative financing. Um, And I have a mix of trustee and corporate clients. So I get to see funding from both of their perspectives. Thanks. So, John, can you start by telling us what the survey tells us about schemes long term targets? Yeah, the headline this year uh, is really quite exciting. So 47% of schemes are now targeting buyouts. It's something that's been steadily increasing over recent surveys, but it's the first time ever that buyouts ever overtaken self-sufficiency and become the most popular long-term target. It's a pretty significant development uh, in the market. You can certainly scratch your head as to why it's become the most popular, but I think it boils down to two key points and pretty simple points. One is it's a well-trodden path now. I mean, the number of schemes that have done buy-in or buy-out transactions is a meaningful size of the overall market. We're seeing the market around about 30, 40 billion consistently. And secondly, improvements in funding levels mean buyouts more achievable. Um, there aren't many schemes out there that sit there when you've got a massive buyout deficit and spend time thinking of whether and when they might get to buyout. And that, that's changed significantly over recent years. And I think the other thing that that a lot of schemes are are thinking about now is if all these schemes are getting to buy out, when do they start preparing? I think it's more important than ever that they are prepared. We saw in the survey that the average time to a long-term target is eight years. That is a lot of schemes hitting insurers pretty quickly over the next few years. And the other thing that's been long debated around that is what the risk of a capacity crunch is. Are are we going to see a point where insurer pricing is, is either just not available for some schemes or is so high that the market starts drying up? I'm not convinced it's as acute as, as many people make out. Um, what's clear is insurers will continue to prioritise the best prepared schemes and there will be some volatility in the market as we're going forwards. Thanks, John. So that still leaves us with 57% of schemes that are not targeting buyout. Paul, can you give some insights into what these schemes are targeting? Sure. Self-sufficiency is still by far the most popular strategy among the rest that aren't targeting buyout. And lots of reasons why why that would be the case. Cost is a big factor there, I think. Um, So a lot of schemes are either trying to manage the costs of getting to their long-term target or it's driven by affordability. They just don't feel that buyout's affordable for them. A lot of schemes look at the margins in insurance company buyout premiums, margins for things like profit and capital requirements. They look at that and think they'd rather keep the profits for themselves. Um, Employers are looking at the accounting impact of buyout. So at the point when you buy out, there's usually a very large cost that needs to be recognized through P&L that can be avoided by running on for a bit longer. 
And other reasons for schemes wanting to run on, it could be that they've got active members still building up benefits, or they've got some really good support in place for members when they get to retirement and are making decisions about the pensions, and they want to keep providing that, and that's something that the insurers just aren't geared up to do. And there's loads of flexibility within all these runoff solutions. So at the most cautious end, it could mean running your scheme a bit like an insurer. So a very low risk investment strategy, very low reliance on the employer, um, but you get to keep the profits. It could mean something a bit more like the pensions regulator envisages under the new funding code, target something like guilt plus a quarter, guilt plus a half. So still low risk, low reliance on the employer. But it could be something a bit racier than guilt plus a half, and you can still deliver that in a pretty low risk way. And that's the sort of strategy that could be appropriate if you're confident that your employer's covenant can support it in the long term, or you've got some extra security to back the strategy. So though buyout's a really great place to aim for, there are still lots of reasons why schemes want to keep running on. I should also mention a third target, and that's commercial consolidators like Clara and Pension Superfund, who are offering to take on schemes at a bit less than buyout cost, which they can do because they're outside the insurance solvency regime, so they've got a bit more flexibility, although they'll still be regulated by the pensions regulator. Now, no one in the survey this year expected to target a commercial consolidator, but I think that could change in the near future as the consolidators get regulatory approval and start announcing deals. So I think it's fair to say that over recent years, the way schemes have thought about long-term targets have changed. John, can you talk us through those changes? Of course. Um, So a couple of years ago, I think most schemes were really heavily focused on developing deficit bridges for how to reach their long-term target. Things like member options, the maturing of the pension scheme, whether the investment strategy would change, and really trying to focus on what is a realistic long-term target, because a lot of schemes just had never thought around that before in terms of the timescales. Um, I think a lot of schemes, and particularly it's, it's shown in our survey, are getting pretty sophisticated at what that plan might be. And what we're seeing, again, backed up by the survey, is that schemes are now moved beyond the development stage and actually implementing those plans. So implementing member options with a real focus on what is the impact on the member experience and the timescale to, to buy out. Um, what about data cleansing? How will that impact the timescale to buy out doing that sufficiently in advance? And I, I think it's pretty fair to say that we've moved well beyond uh, the development phase for for a lot of pension schemes who are lucky enough to be well-funded and the action's well and truly started. And and all of those actions work for any long-term target, not only buyout. I thought it was really interesting that only 24% of people in our survey were planning to use additional contributions to get from their current target to their long-term target. You know, that shows that, that schemes are looking at all the levers they can pull and you know bring into play all as part of their journey plan to get to target. So, Paul, I'm really pleased you just mentioned plans there. The survey showed 91% of schemes now have either a basic plan or a robust plan to reach their long-term target. Can you give us some details about what a robust plan might look like? Yes, John talked a moment ago about having a bridge to your deficit, um, but I thought given our desert island theme, I'd try and draw a comparison between journey plans and building a raft to get back to the mainland. Um, so I think you know a basic journey plan, um, that would need to include the target you're trying to get to, the expected timescale, the expected cost. And I'd say that's a bit like building a basic wooden raft with a little sail. It might get you back to land if you're lucky, but you'd really want something better than that before chancing out on the high seas. 
So the sorts of things I'd be looking for to make my journey plan robust. Um, first of all, I'd want to be able to monitor experience against my long-term target. Um, and luckily I've brought a compass with me so I can see which direction my graph's headed in. Um, but then to stay headed in the right direction, I need a plan to react to experience along the way. So for my raft, that means adding a rudder. Um, and for my journey plan, it means having a plan to deal with positive and negative experience or building into my integrated risk management plan. So it means things like how I'll deal with gains in the future. Will I bank them by de-risking my investment strategy a bit earlier or use those gains to get to my target more quickly? And how far behind plan would I be before I start looking at contributions again or even re-risking investments? So I'm not talking about a fixed plan, but some agreed principles that can be written down so everyone understands the direction of travel and how decisions are going to be taken. Or else you can get disputes along the way between the trustees and the employer, or you find you're making inconsistent decisions. Also means having a plan to take advantage of opportunities. So things like member options exercises or pricing opportunities in the bulk annuities market. So maybe a pensioner buy-in along the way, if that helps to get to your target. And for my raft trip, that's a bit like having a pair of oars with me so I can speed things up as I go along. Now for employers, it's really important that the journey plan has a strategy to manage the risk of trap surplus. And so that can mean things like alternative financing, so maybe an escrow account, although that only works if you get that in place before you've got a surplus. So otherwise you're into wider ideas like using a captive insurer to enable surplus to pass back to the employer. So I know I'm really stretching the analogy here now, but, but maybe having a surplus strategy, it's a bit like taking a fishing net. So when the wind's at my back, and I can put my feet up and just be blown along. Um, I can dangle the net over the side and catch some fish. So that's what I'd be looking for on my, on my journey to my long-term target. You know, not, not just a target time scale and cost, but plans to monitor, react to experience, take advantage of opportunities and a surplus strategy. And that should be enough to ensure I reach my target without getting blown off course. Thanks, Paul. I really love the analogy that you've given there. John, anything you would add to a buyout specific plan? Firstly, I, I hope I'm on the same desert island as Paul with all the, the tools he's brought so I can kick my feet up on it on his raft and uh, say, sail into the sunset to my long term target. But perhaps more importantly, I think any plan needs to be flexible. Um, we talked earlier about a capacity crunch and that we might see volatility in insurer pricing. I mean, that's a big risk if you just get a handful of, of very large transactions in any year that hit, hit the market in close succession. What I would encourage any plan to do is if you've got, let's say, a five-year plan, you, you need to stop thinking of it as five years. Uh, the one thing you can say with certainty is it won't be at exactly the timescale that you're planning. In that scenario, it could be anywhere between, let's say, two and 10 years. Uh, and some of that uncertainty might be totally out of your control. What you can do, though, is contingency plan for every eventuality. What does it feel like if it was much quicker than expected? Not panic if it's much slower than expected. And, and that's something we're seeing more and more schemes doing as they do plan for the end game, whatever it may be. So it looks like Paul's been building his raft and now he looks like he's close to being back on dry land. When you get there, Paul, what's the first thing that you're going to do? Well, I mean, the first thing I'll be doing is, is frying up some of the fish I've caught, wash those down with a glass of beer. Um, but then it'll be right back to pensions. So I'd want to check that my long-term funding target and journey plan were still working. So, you know, that means understanding my target, make sure it's still the right one for my scheme, that I've thought about the pros and cons and the impact on members. 
and also make sure that I've got that robust journey plan. So more than just a target and a time scale, but that clear plan um, and make sure that both the trustees and the employer are on board. And John, it looks like you might be staying on this desert island for a little bit longer. So what luxury item would you wish for to help you with your plan? Depends if I get to design the desert island too. I'm quite tempted to have a beer with Paul, but um, if if I get to design the island, I'd love to plant a mountain in it, take my bike, cycle all day, and then perhaps uh, kick up and have some fish and uh, and a beer with Paul later. But work-related, I think that the one key thing buyout in the next few years is going to be a resource the amount of work that goes into to any buyout transaction is is huge the larger ones are like uh, pretty complicated m a transactions and that's not just you know insurer capacity around uh, the amount of capital or broking capacity from from people like in my team but it's things like administration project management and that's for both insurers and schemes themselves there's a there's a huge amount of data work that's needed uh, administration for a buyout is different to administration for an ongoing. And there's a real risk of a bottleneck if we're not careful as an industry um, that we can get schemes into the right position uh, through the buyout market. So endless supply of resource, I think, would be welcome. Of high quality resource would be welcome from all parties, I think. Thank you both. I've found that really interesting and enjoyable. For all of our listeners, there's a link in the show notes that you can click on to download a copy of the survey. And if you have any questions, comments, or would like to discuss any of this further, please contact your usual Aon consultant or any of us. Thanks and see you next time. Bye. Bye.